Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. David Jacobs is the chair of the Ontario Specialist Association and president of the Ontario Association of Radiologists. You'll find him on Twitter at drjacobsrad. Dr. Jacobs has uh, kindly agreed to be on this program on many an occasion, and uh, we call these segments at the intersection of health and politics, politics and health. I don't know which sequence that should be in. We had an interesting conversation yesterday, an interesting exchange on the air. We had a the first medical ethicist with the World Health Organization as a guest, Professor Wickler from uh, Harvard University, and we were talking about prioritizing or not prioritizing uh, ICU admissions based on vac- being vaccinated or not vaccinated. And you know the hypothetical scenario. One bed, two patients, one vaccinated, the other isn't. Who gets the bed? Right, right, right. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this one before, and I think it brought us back to the uh, the point system. And then the question is, does a vaccine status uh, count on, on, on a point system when you're trying to decide uh, who gets that bed? There are many, many factors involved, but it's uh, it's a heartbreaking decision that hopefully no uh, no physician or hospital ever has to make. Yeah. Is triaging actually taking place as far as getting into uh, getting a bed in an ICU unit is concerned? Triage always happens uh, for the ICU well before COVID. Uh, there's uh, on any given day, uh, there are multiple patients in our hospital who are kind of on the edge of needing ICU care. Uh, and there are only so many ICU beds available. So there are oftentimes patients who are on uh, step-down units or, or units uh, where they're being managed, but they would be better managed in the ICU. I, the ICU is always a limited, scarce resource in yeah. a hospital. Yeah. So I uh, was interested in, in your sense about uh, lockdowns, and you uh, you take on any number of issues, and I really like uh, I like that, and I enjoy following you on Twitter because I never know what I'm going to see, but I know it's always going to be interesting. So on this lockdown issue, I just spoke with Professor Douglas Allen, economist at Simon Fraser University, and he's done a study, cost-benefit study. And at the beginning, uh, he writes, examination of more than 100 lockdown effects show that often the benefits of locking down were overestimated, while the costs were underestimated. Most recent research shows lockdowns had at best a marginal impact on the number of COVID-19 deaths. What's your thinking on lockdowns? Well, you know, I read his uh, much of that paper, and he talks about years of life lost. So we have to remember that the majority of the patients who died were elderly, some of them beyond the expected, beyond life expectancy. So when you're doing an analysis based on years of life lost, uh, you have to keep that in mind. It's not number of deaths, it's years lost. And so for for many of the patients who died, the years lost would be uh, zero based on that analysis. So, you know, I don't know if that's the best way to measure the efficacy of lockdowns. Um, the other issue to remember is that we're in a post-vaccine phase right now. The majority of the lockdowns were conducted in a pre-vaccine phase uh, where we had no other options. The only thing we had to effectively treat um, COVID were, were steroids. The, the, that was really the, the main method of treatment for uh, a patient with severe uh, COVID. So 
how do you measure the efficacy? Do you look at death? Do you look at years life lost? Do you look at ICU capacity? Do you look at, you know, what do you look at to try and determine that? What we know for certain is that when there were lockdowns, the, uh, the, the, the waves peaked and came back down. So they, they obviously did something, uh, but in terms of what was the actual economic, social, uh, and health carnage from that, that's going to take years to tease out. It also, I think, is going to be very interesting if lockdowns are suggested again, and I suspect they will be at some point, uh, whether people sign on, whether people say, yeah, okay, we'll do it again, or whether they're going to say, I don't think so. And and, and really, we also need to look at, I think, at the numbers of people who actually participated in uh, the lockdowns, actively participated, didn't step sideways and say, well, I'm going to do this, but not that. Because that affects the effectiveness of the lockdowns, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does. And, and what you can see and probably will see is that there are pockets where people uh, really ha- didn't adhere to any of the lockdown rules. And those pockets will sometimes be completely unaffected. And other times they'll end up with super spreader events and lots of people in the, in, in, in the hospital. You see that with some of the weddings, the get-togethers, the parties. So it's a bit of Russian roulette in terms of whether the lockdown is going to have impact on on one particular group or another. Um, As to whether people are going to be willing to lock down, I think that uh, if you asked anybody on the street in Toronto right now, they'd say, yeah, not really interested in doing that again. But um, if the numbers really start to, to bump up, there might be uh, more of a willingness. My projection, and certainly it will remain to be seen, is that we're going to see a rise in ICU cases as we move back indoors for the winter, and that is going to be predominantly amongst the people who are unvaccinated, uh, partially vaccinated, or the people with for whom the vaccines were never going to be particularly effective, which is uh, is many of the elderly. But the majority will be unvaccinated. So I think we're going to have a bifurcation in the the pandemic. There will be a pandemic for the unvaccinated and the vulnerable and a a pandemic for the people who are vaccinated. And it will be very different. So how do you lock down based on that? It's, It's... yeah, exactly. Well, what you just said, and I only have 30 seconds here, but what you just said makes me think about uh, this question. When are we going to catch up with people who require health care desperately and are getting it because there just isn't the capacity for them, including cancer patients? Well, I, it's some good news is the Ford government put out a fair amount of money for medical imaging. And I can say, at least at Humber, we're caught up with our MRIs. We're back to pre-pandemic level wait lists. So we've done a good job with that. Uh, The surgeries are going to take a lot longer to catch up on, uh, as will mammography and some other areas. uh, In some areas, we are making headway, so it's, it's good news. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.